Is the sweetheart you married the husband you expected him to be? Open for us. What community sounds like? Stay open. Hello, craft beer friends, and welcome to another episode of Tap the Craft Podcast. I am Denny Luce, and I'm coming to you from the Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft and brewery owner near Columbus, Ohio, is John Ream. And John, how are you doing tonight? I'm just happy that I'm busy and I have a lot of things to do, because uh, <laughs> otherwise on weekends like this where I just have the Bearcats and the Browns, I'm not sure I'd be sober enough to, to do this podcast right now. <laughs> it's yeah, rough. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. My ducks aren't doing too well either. Uh, but you know what? It's a building year, right? Just think of that building year. That's what I keep telling myself for Cleveland. <laughs> building year. You know, on the plus side, they did make it to overtime today. So I saw that. You know, that's a step in the right direction. I saw that. <laughs> I was like, wow. I, I mean, they, they actually forced overtime. They had a chance, and they just couldn't pull it out. Yeah. We'll oh. get there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? They're playing in London next weekend, right? Is that is Arlie in London? Yeah, an early game, so, so get up and have football on. Yeah, so maybe that will be the turning point where they play really well when they're off balance or their component. Yeah, then they can move the franchise to London. And then we'll <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Edinburgh, no, uh, the, well, I guess it would be the London Browns. Yeah, I don't know. No? Okay. London Redcoats. Redcoats. <laughs> <laughs> Left in Redcoats. Yeah, I don't think Cleveland could ha- handle the Browns leaving again. That would totally yeah, uh, destroy. I, I think the city might burn, even though they <laughs> suck. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we had a nice little uh, laugh before we start the show. But, hey, let's get into the content of the show. And in case you are new to to Tap the Craft Podcast, we are an educational podcast focused around celebrating all things craft beer. We want to help you and your friends along in their craft beer journey. And you're listening to episode 85. We're recording on Sunday, October 22nd, 2017. And in this episode, we will be discussing the English barley wine style guidelines. This is a a topic I wanted to cover a while ago. And John and I were at where we were actually going to do a tasting notes segment on this style of beer. If we could get a hold of the same beer, it just happens that we couldn't get the beer and I didn't want to hold off any longer because I don't think John's going to get that beer uh, anytime soon. So I just want to go ahead and cover the style guideline because right now is a perfect time to start enjoying some fantastic English barley wines. When it starts to get a little bit chilly out there, you want something to warm up those bones. And I think a, bar- a good English barley wine does that. So I wanted to cover the style guidelines. And, of course, I have partaken in some nice cellared English barley wines in the last couple of weeks that I'll be sharing with you. And that just kind of speared me along to go ahead and do this topic now instead of later. All right. And we also have some uh, listener feedback and questions. And we will also announce our Hop Cloth Drink Beer From Here contest shirt winner and find out how we can take craft back. 
And of course, you'll be able to enjoy John and mine conversation about beer as we go along. So, John, we're getting ready to talk about beer, but before we go and talk about beer, let's see what is in our glass and what we're drinking tonight. All right, so uh, it's fresh hop time um, around here. All the uh, fresh hop beers are starting to hit the shelves. So I am drinking uh, Fathead's Hopstalker uh, IPA, which they describe as a deliciously dank uh, fresh hop IPA, which I would agree with that. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty tasty. And, you know, it's bottled on October 4th. So, wow, <laughs> that's nice. Pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's fresh. <laughs> yeah, I'm enjoying this. I, had, uh, I mean, I mentioned to you before we started recording, it's so hot in here. I'm already halfway through this thing. So, uh, might, might be in trouble towards the end of the show. We'll see. It, Hey, it's okay, John. I'm in trouble before the show starts. So if you get in trouble by the time the show ends, no problem. As long as you can carry us through to the end. All right. I'll do my best. So how about you? What are you uh, drinking tonight? Well, you are enjoying fresh hop beers now. Fresh hop beers already passed in my area, I guess. Uh, I did enjoy some in the last couple of weeks. But uh, right now, I'm happy to say... It is the start of winter warmer season, and I am drinking my first winter warmer of the year from Deschutes Brewery, Jubilee 2017. And I have to admit that this is one of my favorite beers, and every year, it's one of my favorite years, or favorite beers every year. (laughs) And right now, this beer is really fantastic, another great year of Jubilee. I recommend all of you guys out there, if you want to try a fantastic winter warmer, if you can get the shoots in your area, grab the Jubilee, a six-pack of it, and just enjoy the great beer that this beer is. I, um, I'm already halfway through a six-pack I just bought today, and um, I am enjoying this beer a lot, and I will enjoy it all the way until... There's no more on the shelf because I'll be picking up at least one or two six packs uh, a week, maybe. <laughs> it yeah, depends. And then Sarah will come home with a case or two. Yeah, you know, yeah. You'll be set. Yeah, because you know she's going to go to Costco this week, and guess what? Costco has this in 24 cases for cheap, like 22, 23 bucks for 24 beers, and she will bring it home, and I will be drinking this like crazy because I love this beer. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I'm drinking. Um, And I've been drinking other stuff today, too, but this is the one that I've been drinking, you know, the last couple beers, and I'll be drinking through the show. And if you can't already tell, I am a little bit slurring my words because I had a long trip. We went to Pocatello to visit my daughter this weekend. We got back uh, here in town about 2 o'clock, went to the grocery store, got a few groceries to last us for tonight and tomorrow, and, uh, of course, I picked up this six-pack of beer, and I I decided just to unwind and enjoy my last portion of my weekend by partaking in most of this six-pack. So, yeah, that's me. All right, John. So what fun stuff have you done since we last recorded? So I actually did something beer-related. Good. Which is nice. Uh, and Kristen and I made it out to the uh, Jailhouse Rock Beer Fest 
uh, in Newark, Ohio, um, which is a, a beer festival uh, that raises funds to uh, benefit like the restoration and preservation of uh, the like historic Licking County Jail, oh, okay. um, which the festival was, was right next to. Um, and, uh, it was a good time. Um, there were, uh, like 19 breweries there. Um, a few local ones, ones all from all over Ohio then, because they had like Urban Artifact and Rheingeist and Mad Tree were there. Uh, Little Fish was there, Platform, um, mm. and a bunch from Columbus. Um, but, uh, it, it was a, it was a fun time. The, the bands, uh, were mostly good. Um, the, uh, the first one, I, I don't know how to properly describe the style of music and, uh, Captain Mike, I'm from uh 40 cast, uh, would laugh at me if I really tried. All I know is there was a lot of screaming and I, I don't, I don't know how to do it justice, but I can say that everyone around us seemed to be happy when they were done with their set. Um, okay. But, uh, you know, outside of that, uh, it was good. We actually met um, some of the folks that have been, uh, you know, championing, championing uh, Trek on Facebook, like from the beginning, and folks that have uh, backed the campaign and kind of, spread the word and all that. So it was really fun to meet them, uh, in person, uh, which was, which is good. They were out there with a whole bunch of folks having a good time. So can't wait to have them in, but, uh, downside of the festival. So this thing ran from five to 10. Okay. Uh, five hours. we got there, uh, we got there when it started and by eight, there were three breweries pouring cause everyone ran out of beer. Oh my gosh. And I don't know if like the breweries were told something different and like at that point there would have only been two breweries pouring, but one of them was a local place that went back to their brewery and got another keg and like brought it out. Um, so they keep pouring. Um, so if you didn't show up early, you were in trouble cause it's like they would just ran out of beer and went home. Wow. Um, so thankfully we had, uh, showed up early and got to try everything that we actually wanted, um, which was good. And I'll talk about one of them, uh, later. Uh, but yeah, it was a little, little downside of that, but, uh, overall it was a good time. They had, uh, the, the mugs for it were like, like stainless, like mugs, like, you know, like you see the movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, same, same kind of deal. So it kind of was, fit with the theme. It was pretty cool, but they, they were doing a, uh, a tiered like pouring system based on the number of tickets that you gave. And everybody had different definitions of what a taste was for, uh, <laughs> one ticket pour. Um, so it, it kind of depended. And then we just f- kind of found which, which tables would just fill up your glass with one, you know, ticket and kind of visited them a lot, but uh, you know, you got to figure out how to game the system at every, every festival. You yeah. To. Oh yeah. So, but we had a good time. Nice. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Nice. So it, I, you, you mentioned there was tickets. So everyone that came into this thing, um, paid a entry fee and then you got your glass, your tin uh, mug. And then how many tickets did you get for entry? Uh, and then you got 
10 tickets. Oh, wow. Nice. So, and we paid 40 bucks for the two of us. Wow, that's great. So, that's great pricing. Yeah, 20 bucks yeah, a piece. If you get there early and you there's actually a beer to drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I would <laughs> got there at 8, I might have been a little bit upset that there's no beer left. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there was. You just had three choices. Yeah. You use all your tickets on. <laughs> yeah, well, if they're good beers, that's okay, too. Yeah. Or you could argue that if they're the ones that are left, you know. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> good point. Good point. So how about you? What have, what have you done since we uh, talked last? So pretty much the main thing I did that is beer-related is I had a friend come into town, and he, he's been gone for seven or eight years, and he's, he kind of left uh, the industry and went off to be uh, you know his, his wife is in the military, and she ha- was being um, restationed in, around the world. And he first left to go to Germany, and so he was uh, just a, you know the, the follow-along husband, that uh, followed her to Germany and, and got to partake in all the fun activities of drinking beer and sightseeing and all the stuff. And, you know, it kind of it was kind of cool. And he's traveled with her to a couple other places. And now they have two children. And they're getting ready to come back into the States from Hawaii. They spent the last couple of years in Hawaii. But he's coming back to – he came back to Boise uh, to do some hunting. And he, he wanted to hook up with – with me to go have some beer and, and a chat and, 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 you know, see, you know, catch up between the last seven or eight years that we haven't seen each other. So we met up at Woodland Empire Aircraft here in the downtown Boise area. And, um, we had a great time. I got to drink, uh, nine, nine new beers from Woodland Empire that I hadn't had before. Three of those were black IPAs, which, you know, John, I love a good black IPA. And when there's three on tap, you know, the chances are at least one of them will be the one, the kind of style of a black IPA that I really enjoy. Well, that's weird. They had three black IPAs. Black IPA is something you really have to search for these days. I mean, that I think we can say black IPA ended up being quite the fad. Yeah. You know, and kind of disappeared. But yeah, three at three at once. That's, yeah, I that's think. Crazy. Yeah, I think it had to do with a some kind of event they were throwing that they were releasing the three, and I don't. Re- you know, honestly, I can't remember right now what the event was. The event was on Friday. We came Saturday. All three beers were still uh, on tap, so I got to try all three of those. Of the three, I did have one of those black. In fact, of all the nine beers I that I tried, um, there the one that stood out the best to me was the one that was their black IPA called Bat Light Lightning, and it was really, uh, you know, a nice roasty. Kind of a uh, – uh, now I got three IPAs. I'm trying to remember which one was which, but I think it had a lot of like tropical roasty notes to it. Uh, really, really good black IPA. Uh, so I had the taster of it, and then after I was done with the nine tasters, I went ahead and had a, a half-pint glass of it too just to, uh, you know, finish off the, the beer evening uh, with it. But, yeah, we had a great time. And Will Empire, uh, I think they – been around now gosh now i can't remember if it's 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 between three and five years they've been around for a while and they're really you know they make some they, they go out on a limb and try some different things and john it's the last brewery that you and i visited that trip you came here do you remember yeah. when we went out and, and had the beers and they had something that was really unique i, I don't know if it was a 
I can't remember which brewery had the Dandelion Ale. It might have been the... No, not this one. Not this one. It was uh, the other one had the Dandelion Ale. But this one has some good beers, too, that we, we both enjoyed when you were here. But, uh, but yeah, I got to visit. I don't get to go to... I always buy their stuff um, in bottles. They, they have a lot of stuff that comes out in 22-ounce bottles. They also can. So I buy a lot of their stuff in cans. But I don't get to the brewery as often as I should to try the the new unique stuff that they offer and they have some really unique stuff um, but I I'm going to make a more of an effort to go out there and try the new stuff they bring on tap each month because uh I think I'm missing out missing out on a lot of the uh unique offerings but uh I I want to mention one quick thing too at the same time I was drinking from Willen Empire Alecraft our friend in Pittsburgh Amanda was drinking a Woodland Empire's Alecraft beer. At the same time, I didn't even know that they distributed out into the Pittsburgh area. Now, maybe she met up with someone that brought a bottle back from the West Coast, but I thought that was pretty interesting. She was drinking Woodland beer, and I was drinking Woodland beer at the same time. So cheers to you, Amanda, and I hope you enjoyed your Woodland Alecraft beer. Okay, John, that was pretty much my fun, exciting uh, beer activities for the last two weeks. But now we want to hear about all the great news coming out of Trek Brewing. So what is new with the brewery? All right. So last time I was complaining about getting trains in, and the, now the drains are in, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Uh, they were all set, tied in, so we passed our underground inspection uh, which we needed so that we could pour the concrete. And we poured the concrete, so that's in there now. It's uh, curing as we speak. And so hopefully, by the time you're hearing this, uh, they'll actually be uh, prepping to seal the floors. Oh, nice. Because uh, once we seal the floors, I can put equipment in place, and then we can get our license. Woo! So, Or at least be inspected for our license. But, you know, I, I plan on passing that that inspection so <laughs> you better um but uh other than that uh we do have some some other work going around uh going on in and around the building uh doors going up trim being finished uh you know some other just random odds and ends all throughout uh and we're we're in the midst of prepping to uh paint the building um and kind of refresh and patch up the exterior in some spots that it kind of been neglected over time. Um, so get that all, all taken care of. So it looks nice and it'll be, be good for, for years to come. So, um, yeah, but then outside the, uh, the brewery and the digital space are, we launched our shop. Mm. So if you've been wanting some truck, uh, brewing company merch, you can head on over to trekbeer.com slash shop and, uh, find a bunch of t-shirts, hats, and uh, no, I think the the clothing models are rather attractive. So, <laughs> you know, I may say of, so myself. Yeah, at least the at least one of them's attractive, and then the kids are cute. Then there's some yeah. some guy model that some just random, is yeah random just, dude that just kind of <laughs> you know. it's not working, not working, John. Find <laughs> find some other talent, please. Yeah, uh, it wasn't my first career choice, but it could be my last. Who knows? <laughs> All right, so you also announced that you started moving some of the pilot system gear over to the brewery. So you're hoping to set that up after that concrete cures? Uh, as soon as the floors are sealed. 
Okay. Um, so basically just trying to prep everything, have everything over there and, and ready to go as soon as I can move it on. Mm-hmm. So as soon as the, uh, the clock strikes zero of the time the, the floor guys say I have to stay off the floor, <laughs> yeah. I'll be moving equipment in and calling uh, the state. Okay. So. All right. Yeah. And then once you get that approval from the state and get your uh, your state license, you're gonna start brewing your first batch. Absolutely. All right. Excellent. We're almost there. It's almost there, John. I can taste I it. Know. I can taste the beer already. So so close to not having time for you anymore. I mean. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. All right. Well, no. you know what? I have to find another host then, John. Yeah. Everybody can't wait for that. <laughs> Please. <laughs> no, it's gonna be good. We're I'm getting excited. You know, it's it's kind of like we're getting to the hardest part where we're so close, but you know, it's just all these other little things need to happen. So we'll get there. Okay, just have to be patient. Yeah. Hey, I'm patience. Tired. I'm tired of being patient, but got to keep being patient. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you know, you promised us a fall. Late fall opening, it's still fall. You can still uh, brew some beer and, and get it out to us. Yeah, technically, I have to like December twenty first. So, oh. you know, if we're gonna go on the strict definition of fall, all right, you'll make it then. You'll make oh. it. You should make it by then. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, let's get into some noteworthy beers, and I'll go ahead. I want to start my noteworthy beers first, and as I mentioned early in the show. I dug into my cellar. I drank three beers out of my cellar that I've been aging. I think three to most of them are all three year ages. And I had some fantastic, fantastic beers. So I'm going to talk about three beers that I pulled from my cellar. All these three of these beers, I gave a perfect five rating because they were so delicious. And, and this is what I'm calling my mind blown from the cellar. Noteworthy beers. So if you can find these beers out there, uh, aged, you know, already at this uh, vintage, you should go out and grab these beers because they're they're really good. So the first one is a brewery out of Oregon on the Oregon coast, Pelican Brewing, and I've had a number of their beers, a number of their uh, barley wines too. They they come out, and this one's their Storm Watchers Winterfest, which is an English barley wine, and this is vintage is 2014. Now this is an expensive bottle of beer. I think I paid $25, $25, dollars for this 22 ounce bottle of beer. Uh, I not only bought one of, a, of this vintage, I bought two. I think I drank the first one when I first bought it. And then I saved this one for three years. Um, and I'll tell you what, uh, I don't even remember the first bottle I drank. So the second <laughs> bottle is much more worthy because I remember this one very well. It was fantastically aged. Um, I just, I, I really enjoyed the, f- the flavors that came out of this. Really malt heavy. Uh, 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 English barley wines tend to have a more of the malt character in them. Not so much of that bitterness from the hops that uh, English or American barley wines have. But the malts, you know, end up giving you some fantastic flavors, some uh, I think this one had some toasty, toasty roastiness to it. Not roasty, but kind of toasty, uh, character, caramel character to it. Toffee. I, I guess I, I don't want to say, to- I don't want to say toasty. I want to say toffee caramel character is what I want to say. 
Uh, really nice flavor in this one. Uh, aged really well. Very smooth. Uh, I think it was like 12 something percent. Uh, but you wouldn't ever know that this beer was 12%. It was so smooth, easy drinking, no negative, uh, feelings with this one. I really enjoyed it. The Storm Watchers Winterfest, uh, 2014. Go get it if you can. It is expensive, so don't, you know, go in there without, you know, worrying about your wallet because you're going to pay a hefty price for it. <laughs> but I'll tell you that I was not disappointed with this beer after it, especially after it aged three years. It really aged well. All right. The second beer is from Deschutes Brewery. And everyone knows that Deschutes Brewing out of uh, Bend, Oregon, is one of my favorite breweries. It'll always be one of my favorites because, again, uh, the Porter, Black Butte Porter, was one of the first craft, truly craft beers that I had. Not the first, but one of the first that I really gravitated to, the first Porter dark beer that I really loved. And this beer that I aged, again, for three years, is called Mirror Mirror. And it's kind of their Mirror Pond Pale L uh, doubled up, I think they did. And they put it into barrels. And this one is also, you know, aged, it's an English barley wine, aged three years. But between the two barley wines, the Pelican one and this one, the taste characteristics were completely different. And I think the reason why they're completely different is this Mirror Mirror was also aged in some barrels. So it had a lot of woody barrel character, um, and that added to the the complexity of the flavors that were coming out of this this beer. And I again absolutely loved all the flavor, the character, very smooth. Again, I think it was like twelve point seven or twelve point eight percent alcohol by volume. Drank very smooth, and I enjoyed every last drop of this barley wine, another 22-ounce bottle. Um, so, yeah, if you can get Mirror Mirror. I know a few of my friends here locally commented that they have uh, had the, the bottle recently and also have another one aging still. So, Tom, if, uh, you know, when you bust open that 2014, you know, in a year from now, bring me over. Uh, I'd love to come share it with you because I really enjoyed it, the 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 beer um you know, at three years. Yeah, that's one I've never, never tried is the mirror mirror. It, you know, we've, we've talked in the past when you get it up into these, you know, bigger beers and in, in the bombers, you, you tend to have to be selective with your dollar. And yeah. at that time I always tended towards the, uh, um, the black Butte anniversary. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, which I knew Kristen would enjoy, you know, I knew, everyone would would enjoy that I would end up sharing it with. Whereas, you know, the barley wine, while we, we enjoy them, they're not necessarily always as universally enjoyed. I yeah, think, accepted. Relative and, to, a, yeah. a, you know, a big stout or imperial porter kind of type thing. Yeah, I so. agree. I agree, John. You're right. The barley wines can be very, again, that's a polarizing thing, right? Sometimes they come across just too much. It's too much of whatever it is, too much of the malt character, too much of the hop character, just too much that they just don't want to, you know, they can't uh, really enjoy it. Cause, and a lot of times they come across a little bit too boozy, too, if they're too, uh, if they're too young. Uh, but I, th- I really think that, uh, you know, aging them out a little bit really smooths them out a lot. But, John, you just mentioned my third really noteworthy beer. That- King of the Segway. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and that, again, another beer from the Schutz 
brewery that I never miss a release. It comes out once a year, and it's their anniversary Black Butte Porter. And the one I drank is their Black Butte, uh, what is it, 27? And I think it came out again two or th- two years ago. I think it was this one's like two years old, right? I think it was two years ago. But uh, I get this beer every year. And every year, it's a little bit different. They add different dark fruits. A lot of times they put dates in them, uh, prunes. Uh, you know, they change up the ingredients all the time. This, this release, they put a lot of chocolate nib uh, character in it. It had a huge chocolate flavor uh, along with the dark fruits. And, and uh, it was also aged, barrel aged which gave it a, a nice woody character to it. And, oh, my gosh, uh, probably one of my favorite. I've, and again, I've probably had at least a minute, at least 10 of the years of this beer, at least 10 of them, if not more. I can't remember. I have all the bottles behind me, but I'm not going to turn around and, and read off all the years because I don't want to waste you know good, valuable uh, talking time. But <laughs> at least 10 or more of the years I've had. And I think I can say for a fact that this bottle that I just had uh, this last week is my favorite of all the ones I had. And I've given them all fives ratings because they're all really good. But I'll tell you what, this one just hit so many positive notes of, of chocolate and dark fruit and the barrel aging and so smooth, no hint of alcohol in it, fantastic beer. So if you can get the Black Butte 27 anniversary Black Butte Porter, Imperial Porter, go get it, and you will not, you will enjoy it. I guarantee it. I gave, again, all three of these beers, I gave a perfect five uh, score because I, I really was impressed by all these beers. Nice. Yeah, I still have a 24 and a 26, I believe. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, I, which I was... <laughs> I was trying to set up a flight uh, with my buddy Rob, but then he backed out because he had some years to fill in. Ah, uh, we're gonna do, but uh, yeah, yeah, this is me calling you out, Rob. Okay, well, just, I just saying, I, I have an a, angry text about that on Friday. <laughs> or so. I have another twenty-six too. I I think I bought like three or four bottles of the twenty-six for some reason. So I think I have one more twenty-six left. But I wanted to bust out the twenty-seven because. I hadn't had, you know, I hadn't had that one. I don't know if I had it on draft because I hadn't logged it in Untapped, and I was like, "What?" Because normally I'll have it on draft and I'll buy at least one or two bottles. So um, this one I hadn't. I don't think I had tried before. Uh, this this uh, uh, bottle I had, so it was really good. But yeah, I I usually pick up two bottles at a time. And again, like you said, this these are. Anywhere from fifteen to twenty dollars bottles, so it's expensive, and you, you and you want to make sure your your beer dollar goes uh, the furthest it can. But again, you can't go wrong if you enjoy a good dark porter stout, Russian imperial stout, whatever you enjoy in that dark um, style. Then I think you'll enjoy this beer because it really, you know, gives gives a good flavor profile. All right, now quickly. I'm going to mention two other beers that I really enjoyed uh, that are just ones you can pick up now. And uh, one of them is from Founders. Again, we mentioned Founders last episode. I'm mentioning Founders again this episode because Founders is putting out some damn good beer. And uh, this is their Mosaic Promise, which is a pale ale. 
and uh, I really enjoyed this mosaic hop, uh, you know, focused pale ale. Really good flavors, really enjoyable beer. If you enjoy a good pale ale with a lot of hop mosaic uh, uh, character to it, then uh, this was one you have to try. I gave it four a four cap rating. Nice. I almost picked that up uh, yesterday, but then I ended up picking up this fresh hop beer and, and a different one. So okay, well you still have time. Don't miss out. Don't delay. Go get it, John. Yeah. Go get it. Yeah. All right, and then the last one I'm going to mention real quick is a collaboration beer again with a brewery that I mentioned last episode, Revision Brewing. Just started having Revision in my area, and I'm telling you what, I really enjoy what they're doing. It's a collaboration of the Revision with Shoe Tree or Shoe Tree, which I'm not sure where Shoe Tree. I think Shoe Tree is from East Coast, maybe. I didn't really, I didn't do my research to find out, but I'm guessing there might be a New England uh, brewery. Because they did a New England IPA. Nevada. Shoe trees out of Nevada, too? Carson City. Oh, my gosh. So two Nevada breweries are doing a New England IPA. But I'll tell you what. This New England IPA was pretty tasty. Uh, uh, it's called the Disco Ninja. Love the name. Love the can. Very very uh, bright can. A lot of uh, yeah. 70s disco action going on. Yeah, it can looked great. So yeah. That when you... <laughs> Checked it in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's a 16-ounce can, so they don't short you. Uh, really juicy, big tropical notes with a citrus. It had big tropical notes up front, and it had this nice little citrus, like hint of this citrus flavor and the finish, like a citrusy finish. Really nice, well done. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Gave it a four-cap rating also. I will say, though, as this beer warmed up, as I got to the last little uh, sips, Maybe like the last two sips of this beer after 16 ounces, and it warmed up. It did come. It did come off a little strong, uh, like strong flavors. I mean, it really that 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 haziness, really juiciness, really came strong. And I really I, I needed to drink something that had some more bitterness to it because this is not a bitter beer at all. It finishes really kind of uh, not sweet, but it finishes where it doesn't you know leaves a little bit of sweetness in your mouth. And sometimes you just want to, you know, you want to cut that sweetness with some something really bitter. And I did. I I drank some, uh, I drank some uh, IPA after this one. Some regular West Coast IPA, just so I can cut that yeah. sweetness down. <laughs> something that has some bitterness to be perceived. Yes, yes, some perceived bitterness. That's what I need. All right, John. How about you? I, I I'm sorry I took so long to talk about, but I had some great beers. But how about you? Do you have some great beers too? Yeah, so I mentioned that I wanted to talk about uh, one from the festival that I had, uh, which was the Rheingeist Penguin, uh, which is a blonde uh, stout. Um, and uh, this was actually a collaboration that they did with uh, Three Weavers, hmm. which I want to say is out of L.A. or San Diego area, somewhere in Southern California. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard the name before. <clears throat> um but uh, it, this thing was delicious. It was a favorite of the folks we were hanging with, and uh, we tried to go get more, but Rheingeist was one of the breweries that ran out uh, of beer, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it you know, just a nice beer with the coffee and cacao nibs, and uh, th- Three Weavers is actually who I talked to initially um, before I switched to my 
dry beaning um, technique uh, after talking with them and, you know, talking through the right amounts and all that stuff is, is how I switched over to that uh, method of uh, doing for my coffee vanilla stout. So uh, I wasn't surprised the coffee was coming through in a great way in this beer. So nice. They, they do some great stuff. Um, so then uh, to continue on with my fresh hop uh, theme, uh, got uh, from Columbus Brewing Company, the Yakima Fresh, uh, which they uh, they overnight the, the hops <laughs> to get them I was to just Ohio gonna, in time. I was just going to comment on how can it be fresh <laughs> when it's in Yakima to Columbus, but now you just explained it. Yeah, so they, they say they were used within 24 hours. Uh, so they Like on their website and everything, it says like farm to kettle in 24 hours. Um, and it's brewed with uh, mosaic uh, fresh hops. So, uh, but this thing... I, I would describe it as like a, a juicy fruit oh, gum yeah. Yeah. type, you know, tropical type thing going on. Yeah. Uh, it's really good. It drinks really easy, um, which can get you in trouble because it's, I think, like seven, seven two, seven five, something like mm. that. Um, so, you know, if, if you're putting them down with any kind of speed, you're going to, they're going to catch up to you really fast. Uh, but it's really delicious. I still have a couple over at the house. I've been, uh, using these as project beers when I complete a project over the house. <laughs> wait, wait. Pro- okay, project beers when there's no more projects going on for the night, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, d- just ignore the painting towards the end of the day. <laughs> you don't don't look at that that wall. It's fine. Um, no, it's a yeah. That's a, that's one I've been enjoying. I'm I'm still waiting for. I'm hoping that one will hit. The shelves in my area from uh, Land Grant, they're, they're oh, yeah. they tend to do some good stuff too. So uh, I keep looking for that one. I keep coming home with other beers. Um, so hopefully I still have money that I can afford to buy that one <laughs> when, I actually, when I actually shows up. Um, but anyway, uh, so the last one I'll mention is uh, from Fremont Brewing. So we have to mention Fremont, right? Mm-hmm. Even though I'm over here, still have to mention Fremont. And this is their uh, Rusty Nail which I never managed to get my hands on uh, when I was uh, in Seattle. But uh, Pete and Amanda gave it to me as a gift uh, for officiating the wedding. Mm. So I think it's a pretty awesome gift. Yeah. Um, so th- this this beer is a bourbon barrel aged imperial stout that's brewed with licorice and cinnamon bark. <laughs> and I know why you're laughing because I have been very adamant in the past about uh, licorice and how I, I don't like it in my beer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like this beer. Good. And um, I did get some of the licorice. I, uh, for me, it was coming through in uh, like more in the finish and it was pretty light. Uh, but actually, I shared this with Kristen, and she said the cinnamon, the licorice was almost too much. Oh, really? Uh, so for her, it didn't work as well. Um, I tried to take her glass, but she wouldn't give it to me. So clearly, <laughs> it couldn't have been that bad um, for her. Uh, but I really enjoyed this beer, uh, and you know, sad that I'm going to be far away from it. But I'll just need to uh, try to get them to renew their vows every year, so I can 
get my hands on some rusty nail. Yeah. So, yeah. You know. It's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. I'm sure we can figure it out. <laughs> All right. Those are some great beers, John. Thanks for sharing. And now I need to get that rusty nail myself. So it doesn't come. I, I think you have to buy that one at the brewery, don't you? You can't. It doesn't uh, ship too far away from Seattle. I, I think it's very, very limited um, in what gets out. And I think it's only like select bottle shops in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, if memory serves. Okay. But, you know, they just built a huge expansion for their brewery. So who knows? Maybe their bail program will expand in a way that'll get this stuff out there. That's true. So. That's true. Excellent. All right. Thanks, John. All right. Now it's time for some feedback. And guess what? I guess everyone heard that I was really sad that we hadn't received any voicemails in the first month that we had our voicemail line. But don't worry. We had three voicemails left in the last two weeks. So thank you to all of our listeners who left voicemails. And we're going to start off. Yeah, just just like my kids. They whine <laughs> enough and they get their way. So congratulations, Denny. You did it. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, uh, hey, you got to do what you got to do. I, I took one for the team. All right. But, uh, hey, Chad LaMassa was the very first listener to actually leave a voicemail on our voicemail line. So let's go ahead and listen and hear what Chad had to say. Hey, Denny and John. This is Chad LaMassa from Baltimore. Uh, I can't believe nobody's actually called in yet. Uh, Hopefully I'm not the first. Anyway, um, another great episode today. Uh, I just wanted to say the – Green Zebra Goza that you guys were talking about, I absolutely loved and think it would be an amazing entry into that style. Um, I just, it, it took me a long time to get into it, but if I'd had that one, I don't think it would have taken as long. Uh, just keep up the great work and I look forward to the episode in two weeks. Thanks. Bye. All right. Well, thank you, Chad, for that awesome voicemail. And, uh, just a little quick uh, mention on that green zebra. You're right. That green zebra is a fantastic Goza for anyone who's getting into the Goza style to go ahead and grab and try if they can get it. Now, John, how were you at getting this beer since our last I, I failed. You failed. I failed. Oh. Yeah, I mentioned that it had been there, and I'd, I'd pass it over a few times, but I would go get it since you had mentioned it was good. And I went back, and, uh, of course, they were out. <laughs> I went like a day or two after we recorded and it was gone. <laughs> so I, I just need to, you know, find a bunch more money to spend on beer all the time so I can just get everything that looks interesting. Yeah. But yeah. No, I, I'm happy that Chad's getting into Gozes, though. It's a great, great style and very refreshing. Yeah. Um, and uh, next summer, you'll, you'll love it even more because it's a great, great beer to have in the summer. Yeah. Yeah, yes. I think I think Gozas are a great summer beer because it's refreshing. It's very refreshing. I really enjoy it. And I'm like I said, I'm going to pick up this Green Zebra whenever I see it. A six-pack is going in my cart because it's really really good and refreshing and I like it. All right. Now let's move on to our second voicemail. This one comes from our buddy Jason Lacey of the Flux to Pose podcast and Battle of the Beer. And let's hear what Jason has to say. Hey, Denny, John, and all the Tap the Craft listeners. This is Jason from Flux to Pose and Battle of the Beer. I just want to say, not having anyone leave a message on this line is a travesty. So I'm going to I'm gonna take the helm here and leave a little comment. 
Love listening to the show. Sorry I haven't been as active as in the past. Uh, a little behind here and there, but still listen when I can. Um, love the most recent episode. Love the Founders Talk. Always good to hear you guys enjoying some great beer from Michigan. I have been to Rockford Brewing. Uh, not so much recently, but I've enjoyed every beer I've had from there. So great that they took home some hardware from the Great American Beer Festival. I do have a question for you guys. Uh, you know, you're on episode 85 being your next one. You guys have anything special planned up for episode 100? Nowhere a ways off, but got to get that ball rolling. You know, you don't want to delete it and lose it like another podcast, I know. Anyway, thanks for uh, producing a great podcast for us bi-weekly to enjoy. And as always, cheers, guys. All right. Well, thanks, Jason, for the feedback. And, uh, yeah, we, we know that Founders make some fantastic beers. Uh, both, I think John and I agree, uh, we're really glad that we're able to drink some Founders beers. I, I mentioned one uh, last show and, one, and, of course, one on this show. So they make some good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, always good stuff from, from Founders. And, you know, yeah, he mentions our 100th episode. I mean, for us, that's still like six months away. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. It's a long time away. I, I think, you know, we have plenty of time to put in some safeguards. I mean, I, I would, I'd hate to be really embarrassed and, you know, d- delete it. I couldn't imagine living with that kind of shame. Well, so. well, you know what, John? I never. Yeah, it, it, we we have backups in play. Uh, we both record so that if one of our us loses recording, that hopefully the other one has a backup. And I, you know what, John? I forgot oh, to wait, ask. Hold on, let me let me start recording. Oh my gosh! I I should have asked before we started to make sure you're recording, just in case I lose this this recording. So well, we'll at least have half of a great episode. Okay. All right, that that'll work. But you know what, Jason, we haven't planned 100 yet. We need to start doing that. And thank you for reminding us that it comes fast, and we don't want to make mistakes when we're celebrating our 100th episode. So, if anyone out there has an idea of what we should do for episode 100, hey, send us some feedback. Let us know what you would like to see on episode 100. Okay, and we had one last voicemail. This was left from Kevin Page in Florida. And let's hear what Kevin has to say. Go drink a double New England IPA already. P.S. Say no to loggers. All right. Well, you know what? Kevin went straight to the point. (laughs) He's all about those double New England IPAs. And he says no to loggers, which is... what do you think about that, John? Are you, are you against loggers or are you for loggers? No, I, I'm all right with loggers. Yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, it, you and Kevin would have been great buddies, you know, two years ago. <laughs> so. Wait a minute, not two years ago, like four years ago. Come on, don't uh, four or five years ago. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like your conversion like fully <laughs> happened while we were still recording. So, uh, it, it could be. It, you're right. It could be that. Since we've been recording this show, that I've really grown to love loggers. But there was a point when I didn't like loggers because most of the loggers were just kind of plain, you know, American style loggers. And now that we're, you know, a lot of these craft breweries are really doing some fantastic German style loggers, I'm all into it. And I'll tell you what, and you know what, I'm going to get sidetracked. You just sidetracked me. Oh, no. Um, when I was visiting my daughter, I, every time I go to Pocatello, we go and, and I grab, I go to the Fred Meyer there and I grab a six pack and I, I grab a six pack to drink while I'm back at her apartment so I can have a few beers and, you know, and sit back and relax and we can chat. And this time 
I saw that New Belgium's 1554 black lager was available. And I absolutely love this beer. So I, as soon as I saw it, I said, that's what I'm getting. I grabbed the lager, a six pack, and we went back to her. I, uh, I drank the whole thing. I mean, it, that, that beer is so good. It's one of the best dark lagers out there. I think I just, I just really enjoy it. I love the flavors. It gives you some of that, uh, uh, you know, a little bit of that chocolate and, uh, hint of coffee. I don't think there's any coffee in it, right? But it gives you that dark roast, gives you a just a hint that there's like a coffee flavor in it. And the chocolate and the lager, incredible, fantastic black lager. I love it. Um, and so, yeah, what can I say? I, I enjoy lagers. So Yeah, we, we both talked about that, that one in the past. We really enjoy that beer. But, you know, I think you hit on the point that for a long time, you know, really all you could get were the the big beer, you know, lagers or folks that were trying to rush through making a lager because, mm-hmm. you know, as a small brewery, it's a lot of tank space. You yeah. could turn three different beers in the time it, it takes to do a lager. Um, and that that's a big investment and, you know, lost opportunity. Yeah. But I think nowadays there are a lot of places that are saying, you know, screw this. You know, why don't I show you what it what it should really taste like? Uh, you know, that, that kind of thing and show you that they can't, there can be really good bloggers out there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Well, you know what? We're going to move right in to some feedback that we found on social media and Kevin Page, because we just heard his voicemail. Guess what? He also left some feedback on Facebook, our Facebook page. And what he says is no new England double IPA yet. Question mark, exclamation, question mark, exclamation. <laughs> what are you waiting for? Exclamation point, exclamation point, like five times. Uh, here's a brand new one I just had last night. And he shows a picture. He, he went ahead and posted to our Facebook page a picture of a can and his, and his beer of a hazy double New England IPA. It's from Civil Society Brewing out of Jupiter, Florida. It's called the Digital Camo. Comes in at 8.5% ABV. It's uh, highlighting the galaxy and Enigma hops. What do you think about that, John? Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Galaxy pretty much is awesome every time. So uh, I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. So I I didn't even know this double New England IPA thing was like a real thing. But obviously it is. And Kevin's got the scoop because he's been drinking them like crazy. So uh, good, good for him. And you know what? It's... I think that Kevin was one of those guys that I, I pleaded that, hey, when you hear something that we say on the show, just go ahead and pick that phone up and call our n- number. I think he did just that, right? He literally was yeah. drinking, <laughs> listening. We said something stupid. He said, I'm calling him out. And he's outraged. <laughs> yeah. I really appreciated it. I really appreciate it. All right. Hey, John, why don't you go ahead and read off what our buddy David has to say on Facebook? Yeah, so our buddy David Makizuki also posted on Facebook. He said, catching up on episode 83, I like the long shows. He said, one hour is a little short. The one, uh, one and a half plus hour shows are great. <laughs> so, okay. You know, there's there's somebody solidly in Camp Denny. Yeah. So. <laughs> not, it's not Camp Denny. It's Camp Denny's running mouth that just can't stop talking yeah. about beer. That's the, <laughs> so I, you know what? David appreciates that. I just love talking about beer. So I'll, I'll yeah. take it. 
He's excited that your red flag system is broken. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we're still on track for an hour and a half show. So let's get this thing done. Let's move on, John. Let's not drag (laughs) it on. All right. Next comes our contest. And yes, we had a contest in the last two weeks. It was from our friends at Hopcloth, hopcloth hopcloth.com. We had a uh, second shirt giveaway for taking a, home a shirt. That's the Drink Beer From Here shirt uh, with, from your choice of whatever state that you want to uh, represent. It was super easy to enter. All you had to do was do a few, you know, leave a few entries, write an iTunes review, whatever. You had five different ways you could have entered. And if you would have done each of the five, you would have got five entries. And guess what? We had a couple people who actually did all five. I really appreciate that. And in fact, our winner of the second hop cloth shirt is a five entry person. And that is our friend Amanda Arguar. She actually submitted all five entries and, uh, and you know what? It paid off because we had 48, I think we had 48 entries and, uh, she had basically a, almost a 10% chance to winning. And guess what? She won. So Amanda, Please contact us through email at tapthecraft@gmail.com with your choice of state, color, and size of shirt, along with your shipping address, and we will have that shirt delivered to you. And in case you want to find out more about that shirt, just visit hopcloth.com and check out the options under the Drink Beer From Here shirt description. All right. Congratulations, Amanda. Congrats. And, hey, you know what? If you want to contact us... With your comments or questions, you can do that very, very easily through email at tapthecraft@gmail.com or on Twitter. Just follow us at tapthecraft and leave comments and post whatever you want about any articles or feedback you have for us. And, of course, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tapthecraft. And, again, don't forget, we do have a voicemail number. You can call us at 208-536-3359 or... If it's easier for you to remember, uh, you know, a phone number with a little word in it, it's 208-53-ODDLY. Oddly with two Ds. Oddly. Because that's how you spell oddly. It'd be weird if it was oddly. With well, hey, I'm being very clear in case people forget the extra D. Maybe that's Amanda's problem. That's why she hasn't <laughs> called in. She just keeps putting one D in there. <laughs> that's probably it. She's calling some other... I mean, I can't imagine who she's calling and leaving her drunken, uh, you know, phone conversations with. But I, I can't wait to hear her voicemail because I know she's going to respond on the next show. We'll have a response. I guarantee it. All right. So don't forget our voicemail. And, of course, we want to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show. They provide our hosting space at openforumradio.com. And if you enjoy the content that John and I put out, then we know you'll find some other great content from the following. Hey you, thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny and John. Now I know you're a crafty consumer, and if you would like to consume other great podcasts, check out OpenFormRadio.com. We house such podcasts as Opaform Radio Proper, The 40 Cast, Geeks for the Win, I Recommend, Just Press Start, The Married Gamers, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Lost Treasures of Gaming, Primetime, My Peanut Gallery, and many, many more. And please, Remember to leave these fine fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this show. Again, thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft. All right, now it's time for the Brew Buzz segment. The Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics, and this week we are focusing on 
the English barley wine style guidelines. Because, as I mentioned, I've really been enjoying some English barley wines of late, and I wanted to share this style with all of our listeners so that you guys can go out there and try some of these great beers. So, this style is found in the BJCP, a strong British ale category, and this category contains the stronger, non-roasty beers of the British Isles. So these are non-roasty beers. And I'm glad that I kind of restated what I was saying earlier because I was kind of trying to think of the words and I thought of roasty, toasty, but in reality it wasn't those I was trying to think of. It was like toffee, like, uh, you know, almost like a burnt caramel type flavor is what I was trying to get across. So I'm glad I cleared that up. Spoilers for what's coming up. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. All right. So the English barley wine. Let's go over the overall impression. A showcase of malty richness and complex, intense flavors. I That that that, that defines it quite a bit right there. I, I like that overall impression. It's chewy and rich in body with a warming alcohol and pleasant fruity or hoppy interest. Uh, when aged, it can take on port-like flavors. I agree with that also. And it's a wintertime sipper, and I agree with that very much true also. So right off the bat, overall impressions, exactly what I think of when I think of this English barley wine. The aromas, they come across very rich with strong, malty, often with a caramel-like aroma in darker versions or a light toffee character in paler versions. May have moderate to strong fruitiness, often with a dark or dried fruit character, particularly in dark versions. The hop aroma may range from mild to assertive and is typically floral, earthy, or marmalade-like. The alcohol uh, aromatics may be low to moderate, but are often soft and rounded. Uh, the intensity of these aromatics often subside with age, and I agree with that. Definitely, as these beers age, those become more soft. Uh, the aroma may also have a rich character, including bready, toasty, toffee, and or molasses notes. And, and of course, aged versions may have a sherry-like quality, possibly vinous or port-like aromatics, and generally more muted malt aromas. And I, I felt that I was very lucky with both those two beers that I spoke of earlier. Um, I was expecting to get more sherry in them because they were three years old. I thought maybe some oxidation was going to carry on, and I was very pleasantly surprised that I did not have that sherry character so they aged really well in fact i don't know if it helps at all but the the mirror mirror was like double coated in wax uh i mean it took me a while to get that damn wax uh seal <laughs> off of the mirror mirror but the uh the pelican one only had a uh, metal foil uh cover on it with a regular um bottle cap so it didn't have any thing sealing it up so uh, but they both didn't have any sherry-like qualities, which, again, if it has it, it's okay. But it's better. I think it's better if it doesn't have those characters. Myself. Yeah, that's kind of a personal preference, and you know, the oxidation is a double-edged sword because mm -hmm. it can bring out some really nice notes, or it can just, you know, feel like you're drinking a cardboard box. Yeah, so exactly. You never know. You never know, and you just hope for the best usually. So yeah, yeah. So John, how? are these barley wines going to appear? All right. So I, I'll say that, uh, you know, a style like this, 
it's kind of relaxing as a judge because you're not sitting there going, is this pale straw or straw? So I have to yeah. know, you know, to mark <laughs> the score appropriately. Because this uh, color may range from rich gold to very dark amber or even dark brown. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's it's, whatever it is, it is. <laughs> um, but it'll, it'll have a low to moderate off-white head. Uh, may have low head retention and, you know, that tends to be the case with a lot of uh, aged beers, especially as well. Uh, maybe cloudy with chill haze at cooler temps, uh, but generally clears to uh, good to brilliant clarity as it warms. Uh, the color may appear to have great depth as, as if viewed from a thick glass lens. That <laughs> may just be after you've had a couple yeah, and you're yeah. drinking another one. You're like, ah, this is really great depth, you know, but uh and the high alcohol, speaking of that uh, that depth and viscosity, may be visible in legs mm-hmm. when the beer is swirled. So that uh, thing that they usually describe for wine, yeah, know, having having legs, you might actually pick up in these beers as you get up there in in the uh, alcohol range. Uh, but in the flavor, uh, strong, intense, complex, multi-layered malt flavors ranging from bready, toffee, and biscuity mm-hmm. in the paler versions through uh, the nutty, deep toast, dark caramel, molasses, and those uh, deep brown colored mm-hmm. versions. Yeah. Um, a moderate to high multi sweetness on the palate, although the finish may be moderately sweet to moderately dry, depending on the aging. Uh, some oxidative or uh, vinous uh, flavors may be present, and often complex alcohol flavors should be evident. Hmm. I have to say, I don't really know what a complex alcohol yeah. flavor is. Yeah. Um, I know that alcohol can present itself as sweetness, mm-hmm. so maybe that's what they're talking about, but I don't know. Maybe I need to go back to beer judge school. <laughs> um, so uh, moderate to fairly high fruitiness, uh, often with a dark or dried fruit mm-hmm. character. Yep. I think that's one of the biggest things yep. that people expect when they crack one of these open. Exactly. Um, hot bitterness may range from just enough for balance to a firm presence. Uh, balance therefore ranges from malty to somewhat bitter. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a weird, yeah. a weird thing. But I think really this just speaks to whether it's a fresh example or an aged example. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, fr- the fresher it is, you'll have more of that bitterness. But still, it, it's a weird way to phrase it in the in the guideline to me. But uh, pill versions are often more bitter, uh, better attenuated, and might show more hop. Uh, character than darker versions. However, all versions are multi in the balance mm-hmm. and uh, low to moderately high uh, hop flavor. Again, wide range for the judges. <laughs> uh, often floral, earthy, or marmalade like English varieties. So, yeah. So, Denny, I'm going to put this beer in my mouth. Yeah. It yeah. It can feel full, full bodied and chewy. You're going to chew this thing with a velvety, luscious texture. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's it's good. It's very sensual. I don't know. This is a great uh, mouthfeel in here. Although the it's body, some, may, some could say it, it might decline. It might decline. Long conditioning. Yeah, yeah, with long conditioning, it might decline a little bit. So don't let it go too long. But uh, yeah, <laughs> a smooth warmth from aged alcohol should be present. Uh, carbonation may be low to moderate depending on the age or conditioning. And I I agree that um, I did see that the. One of the beers did have a little bit lower carbonation. I think it was the 
the shoots one i think i remember thinking that it had a little bit lower carbonation but honestly it didn't affect the quality of the beer at all i, I actually enjoyed it quite a bit yeah and then it, that can also come from age you know because you know as we say the bottle cap can let True. oxygen in yeah. well it can also let co2 out so yeah it's, it's always going to seek to you know strike balance mm-hmm so here's some comments that are just written into the uh, beast, uh, beer judging competition program. Oh, so close. Five pro beer judging beer certification. Certification. That's you're looking for. Gosh, yeah. why, why is it gonna be so tough? Why can't it just be beer judging? Because they just want people to say BJ a whole bunch. BJ, BJ, CP. Some comments that they left in these guidelines. The first one is. The richest and strongest of modern English ales. That's what these are. The character of these ales can change significantly significantly over time. Both young and old versions should be appreciated for what they are. I agree that there's definitely a difference between each of the you know the new versus old uh, body wines, and they each have their own characteristics that are can be appreciated. I think. Personally, I appreciate the aged ones a little bit better because I like smoothness. Smooth is, is nice, but uh, I appreciate that. The malt profile can vary widely. Not all examples will have all possible flavors or aromas. And I, and as I mentioned, the two different versions I had, I had one from Pelican, one from Deschutes. Both are English-style barley wines. Both had completely different flavor and aroma profiles, but they were both fantastic. So... You, you know, it's nice to be able to have that that different character. The parallel varieties won't have the caramel and richer malt flavors, nor will they typically have the darker dried fruits. Don't expect flavors and aromatics to that are impossible from a beer of that color. So if it's a lighter one, don't expect to have a lot of the darker stuff in there because it's, you know, it doesn't have that, you know, the, the ingredients to create those those flavors. So Enjoy it for what it is. Yeah, there's there's a few styles that are like that. Um, and I, I know like uh, foreign export stout used to be uh, one that could be, you know, just completely diverted. Mm-hmm. It would be either, you know, fruity and tr- like tropical note or like very bitter, like dark. But I think in the latest guideline, they actually broke that apart okay. into a tropical and a foreign. Oh, uh, but it always made it very a very difficult, you know, category to enter because you're also then playing, you know, what the judge, will, you know, will attempt to be as impartial as they can. But you know, at a certain point, you can't ignore your just inner biases that you may not even realize you're applying to yeah, your scoring if true. you, you know, prefer that fruity stout or you prefer the other way, you know. So it, it's tough when the, the the styles are as wide ranging as this to. To get a, a fair shake sometimes. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be tough for me to be a beer judge because as John, you know, I have opinions on my beer styles. <laughs> yeah. And that that's one of the things that like when the, that stuff comes up, you tend to look at the specific wording and be like, this is what we have to judge it to. Yeah. You know, I, I understand that's your preference and there's a, <laughs> there is a like overall impression area where you can give it, 10 out of 10 if you want. Mm-hmm. But according to this paper, you know, for aroma, it doesn't meet these 
this criteria. So yeah. you need to, you know, back it down. Yeah. So, but it's well within your right to say, this doesn't meet the category, but it's an overall impression. This beer is fantastic. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just in the wrong category or, yeah. you know, it didn't meet it, you know? So you, you, you'd be all right. You just uh, need somebody to, to keep you in line. Yeah. Keep me in check. I need checks and balances like everything else. All right. Here, here's one that has gotten me before early on, like years ago when I was first doing, you know, trying barley wines and writing about them. How the hell do you spell barley wine? Is it one word or two words? Well, guess what? Typically written as barley space wine in the UK and barley wine one word in the US. So there you go. If you're in the US, yeah. write it one word. If you're in the UK, write it two words. I've never questioned that. <laughs> I've always done it one word. It's America. It's that's America. All, okay. All, I say. <laughs> all right, John. How about you lead us into some some ingredients that are in these barley wines. All right. So high-quality, uh, well-modified pale malt should form the backbone of the grist uh, with judicious amounts of caramel malts. Okay. Uh, dark, dark malt should be used with great restraint, mm. if at all, as most of the color arises from a lengthy boil. Oh, okay. And then uh, English hops, such as North Down, Target, East Kent, Goldings, and Fuggles are typical. And then, of course, you'll want a characterful British yeast. All right. So when you're going for English, uh, you know, you should use the British yeah. ingredients. And with the malts, you'll you'll want to try to source uh, an English malt as well because they do have a different character Okay, from their, their malt houses. But uh, so style comparison, uh, although often a hoppy beer, the English barley wine places less emphasis on hop character than the American barley wine and features English hops. And you could put that in. Just substituting the style, yeah. English blank for, yeah. for American blank, <laughs> and it will fit every single time. Yeah, um, we like to just go big or go home. Yeah, over here. So, <laughs> uh, English versions can be darker, maltier, fruitier, and feature richer specialty malt flavors than American barley wines, mm -hmm. uh, and has uh, some overlap with British old ale on the lower end, but generally does not have the uh, vinous qualities of age. Mm. Rather, it tends to display mature, elegant signs of age. Okay. So none of that simpleton old ale. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I've never seen it just something described as elegant in the, in the world <laughs> aging. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, now you uh, have. Now you have. Yeah. So what are the stats? All right. Well, we do have some stats. Uh, international bittering units. Between 35 and 70. So there's a wide range of perceived bitterness that you can get out of these barley wines, English barley well, wines. Well, that, that's not perceived. That would, IBU is technically a measured number. Oh. But perceived bitterness is not, that's different. Oh. Well, what is perceived then? Just uh, perceived? It, yeah. I don't think there's really a, a way to, to calculate that or, you know, but, you know, like many of these. New England IPAs that we reference as not being that bitter. They, I think they would technically have, you know, a lot of IBUs. Yeah. It just doesn't come across that way. Okay. So, so they would, so like a double New England IPA would actually have, uh, you know, 70 IBUs in there, but you wouldn't sense that it has 70. You would perceive it as like maybe 30. Because right. And I think a lot of that bec is because of the, 
they tend to be very fruity and you know with the hop character yeah and i think that triggers in your brain that says it's a sweet thing. yeah okay so by by virtue of that it ends up kind of negating the the bitterness and other things in there but okay i don't know there are smarter people than me that they could explain that fully, okay but, all right yeah, hey it's different all right so the bitterness is 35 to 70 strict bitterness measured <laughs> <laughs> the uh, alcohol by volume uh, between well, eight, also measured, also measured, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not perceived, is between eight and twelve percent on these beers. So it's a, a nice range. Uh, you know what? I have had some English barley wines that are on the lower end, and those are very uh, tasty as well. I, I, I mean, I think there can be good all the way through the range for their low alcohol or high alcohol. Especially the ones that are high alcohol that you can't tell that they're high alcohol are even better because you get a nice little buzz going, but you don't feel the pain of getting there. So it's kind of uh, it's kind of nice. All right, so some commercial examples, and I will admit, John, that I have not had any of these examples. So when I get me, done, me neither. Okay, ne- so. okay. So neither of us have any of the examples, <laughs> but here's the commercial examples: Adams Tally Ho. Burton Bridge, Thomas Sykes, Old Ale, uh, Coinston, number nine, Barley Wine, Fuller's Golden Pride. Now, that's the one I, I may have may not have had because I've had a lot of Fuller's. But I think you're thinking of London Pride. I know London Pride I've had. Is, yeah. I, I've had that guaranteed, but I don't know if I've had Golden Pride. I don't know. I'm going to guess not, so I'm going to say no. But, uh, full, but if any of these ones would have been close to the ones, I've had had a few Fuller's, so... Uh, it, it might be possible. And then J.W. Lee's Vintage Harvest Ale and Robinson's Old Tom. So there's some commercial examples. I, I'm thinking that all those are coming from England. What do you think, John? Um, Mostly, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm guessing but, they are. Yeah, but, you know, I do notice that whenever we have, like, English style, you get to read the commercial examples, and whenever we have something like German – I have to read it. This is a uh, hey, hey, hey! It works out the way it works out. It just happens yeah. that it's a, oh, it's a, what, a, what a great chance! <laughs> That's amazing. But next time, I'll let you read off the commercial examples. Yeah, make next sure it's time German. we're doing like German Hefeweizen. <laughs> uh, all right, John. One last question before we leave this topic. All right, your choice: American barley wine. Or English barley wine, which which one do you prefer? I think I I would tend towards American. Really, partially because uh, they tend to you know because they will feature hops. Mm-hmm. You know they they can kind of go through a different life cycle. Yeah, um, where you do have like there's a version of this beer that is you know has a lot of this hop character and it's you know interesting and then it transitions. Then you also have a version of this beer that is completely malt driven um, where pretty much for me personally of what I've tried of the English style, it's, it's mostly malt driven, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you get differing character within that range, you know, and that may be because by the time we get many of those different examples, you know, they've been sitting on a boat. You already, you're past any of that English hop character mm-hmm. yeah. phase. So, you know, I, I guess we'll have to take a road trip. Yeah. You can, you can drive over there, right? Yeah. So we'll yeah. Take a road trip 
over there. And I, I'm submarine qualified. We can just drive up. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. So we'll, we'll we'll do it that way. Okay. Okay. So my preference so, is the opposite of you. I assume that based on your oh when I made my uh, my initial yeah, statement. Yeah, I'm so. I'm uh, I was actually surprised that you went with the American. I I enjoy American, but not nearly as much as I enjoy the English barley wine style. And I I think it's because like you mentioned, I actually I like that malt character that comes out. All those flavors, the com- the complexity of the of the characters of all those malt flavors coming out in the beer. I love that. And it seems to be they tend to be smoother and just have a a, a more enjoyment factor for me when I drink them. And I would I would always choose an English body wine over an American if I had a choice between the two. So, hey, it's nice to see that we each have different preferences and I you know, I would love to hear our listeners' uh, point of view. What do you guys like? Do you like English barley wines or do you like American better? And if you haven't tried barley wines, then, hey, go out there and try them. Let us know what you think. Yeah, it's about to be the season, so yeah. you can stock up. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the end of our Brew Buzz segment. Let's roll right in quickly. Let's go ahead and talk about a news article that was recently released last week. Uh out into the wild and this one was brought to us by a lot of our friends out there a lot of listeners out there sent us this story uh, i saw it first thing uh in the morning on october 16th when it was first released i i saw it and i kind of laughed uh myself but let, let's i don't want to laugh too hard let's go ahead and find out about this article now the brewers association released an article it's called brewers association launches take craft back Campaign. This is right off of their website, brewerassociation.org or com or whatever it is. Is it com or org, John? Do you know? Uh, it is. Well, my the thing is frozen, so it's covering it's, it's up. It's org. It's org. I just looked it up. It's, okay. it's org. All right. So this is a campaign. Let me just go ahead. I'm just going to read some excerpts from the article that they put on their website. It says, in line with its purpose to promote and protect America's small and independent craft brewers. The Brewers Association has launched the Take Craft Back, an integrated campaign designed to drive broad consumer awareness of Big Beer's attempted takeover of craft brewing world. How? By announcing craft's intent to buy Anheuser-Busch in Bev. Ba-ba-ba-boom! Effective immediately, pledges are being collected at TakeCraftBack.com with the audacious goal of raising $213 billion to purchase AB InBev. Now, the Take Craft Back is intended as a humorous rally cry to bring attention to a serious issue that AB InBev's intention to permanently alter the craft landscape by presenting acquired brands as if they were truly authentically independent, ultimately narrowing the real choice in the marketplace for the beer lover. And just so we got we can put everything together, as of today, October twenty second, they have raised two point seven million dollars with over eighty four hundred backers. That's pretty impressive that within of what 
uh, six-day period, they have already raised $2.7 million. Now, of course, they got to raise a total of $213 billion, which is, they're way off. But, John, what if, what would it take for them to raise the full $213 billion? It would actually take a donation from every person in the United States to pledge $653.37 in order to raise that much money. So, John, what do you think about this? Uh, I'm willing to, you know, <laughs> raise a pledge for Trek Brewing. I'll, I'll sell for like two <laughs> billion. Okay, go ahead and put the the price tag right there. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's fun. It's you know, like like they say, it it's meant as a humorous thing. I I did see a lot of people taking it very seriously. Yeah. Um, when even on their own page, they said, "Hey, this is you know." just a funny way to look at this, you know, the, and even if you like click to, to back it, it's like, Hey, just so you know, if uh, by some miracle, miracle it happened, we hit yeah. 213 billion, <laughs> we will be in touch to take your money. Uh, but other than that, we're not going to worry about taking your credit card information. So, uh, just, just say you'll do it, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I, I don't know. It, it's a, it's a fun thing. Uh, I, I did see some people complaining like, Hey, there are actual issues that the Brewers association should be looking at, um, for breweries and that kind of thing. But, you know, I, I'm sure they are. And because, well, I know they are because I'm a member of the Brewers association yeah, and I yeah. see what they're doing, but you know, th this doesn't take that much time or energy to, to put something like this together, to throw up a website and say, just click a button to say how much you donate. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not actually taking money. They're not actually, doing any of that stuff it's more just a hey just so you guys understand you know the the big amount that we're up against this is it so yeah yeah i um i mean i i again i mentioned i saw it bright and early that morning when it released it showed up right on my email i clicked the link <laughs> i went to the brewer association page and i uh, read it and i laughed i thought oh, okay this is it's i mean it's I don't. I want to say it's a joke. It's not a joke, but it's a a playful way of getting people's attention and getting the word out there. And all these headlines and 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 social media things that were going out. There were you know people were, you know, were were getting excited about this whole thing. But in reality, I just laugh because it's ludicrous to think that they're going to raise two hundred thirteen billion dollars uh, to actually buy AB InBev. And then if they did, what would they do? What shut yeah, it down? Well, no, just they're not going to shut just it down. Just go ahead and pledge two hundred ten billion because they're not going to get the. Other two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> just look like somebody that's just really dedicated. Just do it. Yeah, I promise nothing bad will happen. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I, it's pretty. It's pretty interesting that there's, you know, been people that have spent the, the few seconds that it takes to go ahead and pledge, and. uh you know, and it, it you know, it's 8,400 people. Over 80, over 8,400 people have uh, done the pledge. Uh, $2.7 million raised. Of course, it's not real because they're not going to collect anything. But uh, it, it's interesting. I, you know, John, you and I have talked about this whole perception of, in, you know, of, of getting independent craft beer versus uh, big conglomerate beer. Um, so, I mean, I, 
I applaud him for for you know trying to raise the awareness, but I don't know. It also kind of makes it, I don't know. Like like you mentioned, other there's bigger issues that they should be focused on than than this. I think so. Maybe they need to just okay do this. It's fun. Then go ahead and turn and and go address some of the bigger issues that are really affecting uh, you know small brewers and help them out. So, but I just yeah. I had to mention it because it it is you know kind of a fun little uh little thing did, did you pledge john no i have not okay i'm, I'm about to hit enter on my you know <laughs> so, one billion one billion okay yeah <laughs> you know every every little bit helps uh, yeah exactly exactly all right john well hey we want to keep this show close to an hour and a half for our buddy david so john let's do that by starting to roll down the end of this episode by uh you know giving out a toast so some people we might want to give a toast to all right well i'm gonna raise my glass my glass to uh to russ i mentioned we were hanging out at the uh the beer fest at the jailhouse with some cool folks so uh we had to hang out with russ and uh his wife katie and i hope russ hears this because you're my proof that I do talk to people at the podcast. <laughs> Denny is convinced that I never do. So I, I hope you hear this and uh, at least get, get feedback to me, which Denny still won't believe because they'll just say that I made you up. But uh, hey, we had a good time and uh, yeah, look forward to hanging out at, at Trek and, and at other places. So yeah, um, that'll be great. Uh, and then I do want to thank everybody that, that sent in a voicemail because I don't have to listen to Denny wine anymore. So <laughs> Thank you. I guess keep it coming because otherwise it will come back. Yeah. You will, yeah. You will get whiny again. Yeah. True. True. A- actually, you know what? I want to thank Russ for hanging out with John. You sacrificed quite a bit just to uh, hang out with. <laughs> oh, man. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You, it can, you can make it all worthwhile by just leaving a voicemail, Russ. Just call 20853-ODDLY. Say, hey, this is Russ. And yes, John is awesome. And I can't wait for Trek Beer or Trek Brewing yeah. to come. So uh, that will that will be proof that he actually talked to you about the show and you actually listened. So thank you, Russ, for hanging out and enjoy Trek Brewing when it opens for sure. All right, now my uh, toast. First off, I need to give a big, giant, raise a glass, cheers, toast to my buddies over at the 40 Cast. They just released episode 350. That is 150 episodes after I left the show, which obviously that must be a sign that things got better after I left. So congratulations. I thought you were important. (laughs) Not so much. Yeah, no, no. no. Yeah, congrats to the 40 Cast folks. And. And as we've said, this this podcast wouldn't be a thing if not for the forty cast. So that's true. Yeah, John and I would have yeah. never met if it wasn't for the forty cast. So that's I yeah. I appreciate that for sure. My wife would have never second guessed me <laughs> inviting someone from the internet to her house <laughs> if it weren't for the forty cast. That's true. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A story she loves to tell to this day. Good. So good. As yeah. Long, yeah, as long as it has a good ending. So as long as she says, but you know what? He turned out to be so awesome. Well, it's, I think it's more like he was a little creepy, but his wife was pretty cool. So <laughs> that's probably true. That's how it goes. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's move on then. Uh, I like to also give a toast to all the participants that joined in on the contest. Like I said, we had over 48 entries. I really appreciate everyone that entered and 
uh, retweeted us and shared our posts and left iTunes reviews. Thank you all for your participation. And, hey, keep it up because every quarter we'll have another contest. You might have a chance also to win a nice hop cloth T-shirt. And I have to raise my glass to my buddy Alex, who made a fantastic homebrew of a New England IPA that I gave a five-cap rating. He knocked this beer out of the ballpark. Incredible tropical fruit notes on a nose. I mean, this thing was just like bombarding my nostrils with tropical fresh fruits. Nice and juicy, perfectly hazy uh, appearance. Tasted fantastic. So cheers to you, Alex. Well done on that New England IPA style. You you did way better than a lot of breweries that I've had that tried to make good uh, New England IPA. So keep it up. And uh, then uh, on a little bit of a more uh, sombering note, I just need to uh, raise my glass to my uncle David, who passed away yesterday uh, at a young age of 55. Uh, really sad that, uh, that, that, uh, you know, it was, it came all of a sudden, uh, we don't know the details of everything yet, but hey, he was, a, a, g- a great influence on me as in my youth. And, uh, I really sorry that, you know, for, uh, for the loss of him and that, uh, cheers to you for all the good times. And of course, being a former serviceman, I need to raise my glass to all the servicemen and women out there who are serving or who have served to protect our freedoms. Thank you for your service. Cheers. And of course, Hopcloth. I want to raise a glass to Hopcloth Apparel because they are partnering with us. And I encourage all of our listeners to go visit their site at www.hopcloth.com. Check out their creative craft beer clothing line and use the code Tap the craft, all one word, tap the craft at checkout to get free shipping. And you can find the beers and the link to the article we mentioned in the show in the show notes located on the show post at Open Forum Radio. Also, you can find that information in the description of the show that you're listening to right now. So if you want to find a beer that we drank, just pop that little information button, go you know, drill down to the beers, and you can find the beers that we talked about. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Loose Screw. And John, how can our listeners follow you? Twitter at Prime Brewing, Untapped Prime WA, and you can follow the brewery Trek Brewing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Trek Brewing, or visit us on the web trekbeer.com/shop. <laughs> throw that in there. That was unnoticeable, right? No, like no, subliminal. yeah, no, no, subliminal. Yeah. I it yeah. was. Perfect. No, nobody could even tell. Trekbeard.com slash shop. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Trekbeard.com slash shop. Excellent. All right, John. It is last call and time to bring our show to a close. We want to thank all of you for downloading and listening to the show. We ask you to please tell a friend about our show. And, of course, don't forget to subscribe because you don't want to miss an episode. Uh, so subscribe and you can get us in your ear every two weeks and yeah like i just said two weeks we release a new show every two weeks so if we don't have one next week don't worry we'll have one the week after that so subscribe and you'll have them all all right now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer cheers cheers